It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, boys down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional city ordinances and state statutes. It has also been my honor to represent both Democratic candidates and the Democratic Party in proceedings. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners, and I have served the Superior Court repeatedly as Special Master. On Slow County Public Policy and the Law, office holders, candidates, lawyers, journalists, and activists inform you about policies shaping your lives. That focus brings folks with differing viewpoints without being attacked to tell you about how they think your community can be improved even if I or station management disagree with the guests ideas. Last week I spoke with our congressman from the 19th district Jimmy Panetta about the Senate's bipartisan National Security and Border Act of 2024 then being filibustered by certain Republicans in the Senate. And we heard from Peter Keith and Dee Santos about South County history. If you missed those interviews, you can log on to knews985.com. That's K-N-E-W-S 985.com for the podcast. And if you don't see the program you want, there is a link down the page to all the Slow County Public Policy and the Law interviews from the beginning of the show. Now, I I had a call right before I came in today from a source who indicated that there was some uh, misinformation being put out uh, by a uh, website called uh, Bureaucratic Politics. And I don't remember if it was .com or .org, but uh, it was indicating that one of the candidates in the state assembly race for the 30th uh, state assembly district was not qualified to be voted on. Uh, If anybody out there has more information about this, you can email it to me at stew.jenkins at dimecentralcoast.com. And uh, next week we'll have more information on what may be an attempt to uh, interfere with voters' ability to go to the polls. Now, in our first hour today, you get to hear from Victor and Deborah Early along with former Grover Beach Mayor Debbie Peterson about the campaign to recall Grover Beach Mayor Bright and council members Zach Zimmerman and Daniel Rushing, and some of the background on that uh, with this uh, groundwater project for Pismo Beach, Oceano, and Grover Beach that also benefits Arroyo Grande. In our second hour, you get a long-delayed conversation with Eric Vitale, a senior district attorney's investigator. Mr. Vitale is going to tell us all about impersonator fraud that is sweeping the county. 
state, and nation. These impersonators are involved in organized campaigns to list and sell or take out loans secured by your homes and real estate. Eric Vitale is going to tell us what to look for and how to avoid being victimized. But Victor and Deborah Early and former Grover Beach Mayor Debbie Peterson are in the house. So welcome all. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Well, it's good to have all three of you. We usually can't fit more than uh, two people in the studio, my kind listeners, but we are doing an experiment today, and I think it's going to work out good. I I do want to pause and let everybody know of my listeners that Mayor Bright and Council Members Zach Zimmerman and Daniel Rushing were all invited to appear on Slow County Public Policy and the Law to talk about these issues. Mayor Bright has responded with radio silence. Appointed Councilman Zimmerman has responded with an irritated no. And Councilman Rushing politely said not yet. It was an interesting difference in tone between all three. If the recall petitions are successful, of course, all three of those council members will be welcome to come on the show. Now, Deborah Early. I wanted to get a little bit of background on you and Victor and how you have been involved in this project, uh, this groundwater project that has triggered the uh, recall effort in Grover Beach. Yeah, thank you, Stu. So I am a CPA um, and also work um, in compliance. I'm a compliance officer and we are uh, residents of Pismo Beach and also own investment properties in Oceano. So we became involved um, on behalf of Oceano, really trying to understand how it impacted that community. And really what we determined was that to date, there's not a lot of communication. There's about 50% of the project infrastructure will run through that community. So we became very involved um, as um, community supporters, really, of Oceano to get the word out there um, for understanding of the project. Well, what, what about the project has uh, you and Victor uh, concerned? Well, I, I can start and then turn it over um, to Victor from the geology perspective. But I, I think from looking at the project and really the the benefits versus the impact, one thing that I do in business is a lot of risk management. So always looking at the, the what the benefit of a project is and then what the impacts are. And really looking at this project um, really kind of determined what that was for each community. And then really noticed that, you know, for Oceano in particular, because they had opted out, there wasn't a lot of benefit, but yet they had a great amount of the impact. Um, For example, around, there's about three wells, um, injection wells that would be placed in neighborhoods. So just kind of walking around those neighborhoods and looking at um, that area. Um, every um, homeowner that's within 175 feet will actually get displaced for two, two to three weeks. So um, is, there are is that because they're going to be drilling the injection that's wells? That's correct. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and once those are in, uh, is there going to be other impacts on those uh, on those particular uh, neighbors? There will be continuing impacts. Lesser. Um, again, kind of looking at it from the overall impact. Um, but there will be construction that runs through for for about two years. And one thing that's interesting, in Pismo Beach, I was actually on the Arts and Beautification Council and so or commission. And one thing that we always did there is that if it was a, a public uh, project, we had funding. 
So there was beautification at the end of it. Like, for example, Streetscape, if you're familiar with Streetscape, it was a long, drawn-out project. I, I think of it as very corollary to what will be happening in Oceano and Grover and the extent of, of you know, really looking at it. It's really not going to be pretty for a long, long time. And then the, the difference really is with Streetscape, you had something to look forward to at the end. And what I worry about most with Oceano is really what will be there at the end um, because there will be residual impacts. So, so is in Pismo Beach, there's funding to take care of uh, beautification after the installation of some of this infrastructure. But uh, are you saying there's not that kind of money in for Oceano to take care of that? Correct. We're not seeing that right now. I mean, it's grant money, but the grant money is very dedicated to the project. So what we're not seeing right now is any funds that will go into um, making it better or making it even whole um, from a community perspective. Easy things like just putting art on the new structures that will be there. Now, um, wh- why is it that Oceano won't benefit from this injection of groundwater, well, recycled <laughs> sewage uh, <laughs> into into the groundwater underneath Oceano? Yeah, that's probably a good time for me to turn it over to Victor to talk a little bit about the geology. Sure. <clears throat> uh, uh, Hi, this is Victor Early, and I'm a certified engineering geologist. Um, I've been working uh, for about... 35 years in the industry, I'm still employed. And when I first heard about this project, I was con- I was concerned about Oceano because that's a low-lying town, especially on the west side of Highway One. The water table, in some in some cases, is less than one feet, one foot below ground, and and it's it's typically probably two to four feet below ground in that area. So when I first heard about this project, I was concerned about injecting water under pressure, even though it's going to a deeper aquifer. Um, to me, that pressure would, would, would eventually make its way to the surface and affect the level of the shallow groundwater. So I, I put these well, questions... Let, let, let me ask you, I mean, are you concerned it's going to turn Oceano, Oceano into a marsh? Well, um, CCB has told me that they're going to manage it, and they will watch for those types of things. What's CCB? CCB is Central Coast Blue. That's uh-huh. the, the name of the overall project mm-hmm. uh, to treat and inject the water into the ground. Their goal is to prevent seawater intrusion by injecting uh, fresh water on the west side of the aquifer um, between the ocean and the production wells to prevent seawater from coming in. That's, that's a well-known uh, phenomenon uh, that, you know, that works well in some cases. Some, in some cases, it's not, it's not necessary. Um, but back to Oceano, I was like, well, where's the water board on this? And uh, so if they, they inject water, there is a potential to raise the shallow water table under certain conditions. And I raised these questions to CCB and they responded first by saying that because they're injecting water deep and there's an aquitard between the surface and the deep water that pressure would not make its way to the surface and affect the shallow water table. Uh, now Victor uh, for our listeners uh, we, we need a little bit of translation. Okay. What's an aquitard? <laughs> <laughs> so an aquitard is a layer of, of soil that will not transmit uh, water so it's like clay versus sand okay so so clay 
um, would not allow flow to to occur through it. So, so they it were, retards the flow of water. Through yes. It. Okay. That's correct. So, so I I posed these questions to CCB. They responded by saying because it's an aquitard, that they're not going to affect the the shallow groundwater table. Approximately one week later, they produced a new groundwater model report that showed exactly what I was concerned about, that the water levels would increase in the shallow aquifer by injecting the fresh water. Well, um, does that mean they had decided that the aquitard uh, really wasn't as functional as they at first you know, thought? It, it, or what, it, it what takes was the a difference? Long, it takes a long time to do a model, so I think that model was, was already in play, and they just happened to publish it without realizing what they uh, responded to me. That's my guess. Um, so I, I responded... So, so the, the uh, things that were being said by those who were pushing for Central Coast Blue didn't actually uh, line up with what their stu- own study said? That was correct. And so so I pointed this out to them, and they, they came back about a month and a half later with a new groundwater model, and pretty much all they did was change the amount of pumping uh, through the production wells, and they showed that the water table would actually go down by a foot. So to me, that just means that the, the shallow groundwater table is sensitive to the injection. Um, they claim they're going to manage it. One of my questions on this was, well, you know, if, if the season is wet like we have now and the water tables are high, are you going to continue to inject water during wet periods? And they have not answered that question yet. So, Well, wouldn't they have to? I mean, once they've... Uh once they've lined up the pipes and it's uh, yeah, I, bringing I, the purified water from Pismo, where, if it didn't go down the injection wells, where would it go? Exactly. So, so my guess is they're going to continuously run that 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 injection system, but I don't know that for sure. They said they're going to manage it. So, well, but the impacts of a shallow water table in Oceano are mm-hmm. uh, could affect the the flooding potential. Um, there's already a lot of flooding down there. So, so if you raise the water table by even a foot and it's only two feet to begin with deep, that's 50% of the capacity of the soil to absorb a stormwater event. The other potential impact is liquefaction. Um, that's probably less of an impact because that only occurs uh, during, er, during a, a possible um, earthquake uh, where we have you know, flooding every year you know, down there pretty much when it's wet. So if you raise the water table, you increase the potential for liquefaction. And, and that's where a uh, building foundation suddenly sinks on one side and the, uh, the and goes up on the other side and and uh, sinks like a boat into the soil. That's it? correct. When you have loosely packed um, sand that's saturated, that's close to the surface, and it's 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 impacted by by vibrations from an earthquake, it, it can it can lose its strength. So and the last thing you want is an earthquake in the middle of a big rainstorm here. That's Ocean. correct. That's correct. <laughs> You brought this to the attention of the board of the Central Coast Blue uh, Recycled Watering Authority, right? That is correct. And we also brought What was it, the response? Uh, that they're going to manage it, um, and, and it's, it shouldn't be a, a problem. Well, how they how do they say they're going to manage it? Um, if they're, they're going to pump more water, where's, where are they going to put it? They, they said that they're going to monitor the water levels uh, close by the injection wells, and they will manage it. That's all I've heard. Now, we also um, looked at the, the environmental impact report, which was a big environmental report that they did um, as part of this <clears throat> excuse me, project. 
And they didn't even really talk about liquefaction or geology or soils. So we thought that was deficient because that's required to do an impact uh, report. So we talked to the, the Coastal Commission and pointed this out. And we've since heard back from the Coastal Commission that they will require Pismo Beach and CCB to conduct studies that, that address potential liquefaction, sea level rise, and flooding. Well, folks, this is uh, your host, Stu Jenkins. You're listening to K News FM 98.5, Slow County Public Policy and the Law. And we are talking with Victor and Deborah Early about the Central Coast Blue Water Recycling Authority project that's going to be injecting water under Oceano and Grover Beach and theoretically increasing the water supply upland by keeping seawater out. So um, t- tell me, Victor, when you've gone through these studies, you, you say that the Coastal Commission is now going to require an additional EIR, essentially a supplemental EIR on the uh, ge- geologic uh, issues that you've raised. Um, what happens if the Coastal Commission, because they're already in construction, tells them uh, that there are unacceptable geologic uh, effects? You know, I don't want to speculate, but uh, <laughs> that would be a major problem if they find out that it's not manageable. I, I would think that the engineering staff on CCB would find a way to mitigate this issue and, and not make it a problem. But the, the issue was they didn't even evaluate it. Um, and so we're just asking for an evaluation. We're not saying it's going to be a, a real huge problem, but they need to look at it and, and look at it, you know, just to to ally the fears that it could be a problem. Victor, could you pass your headphones to Deborah? Because, uh, you know, I, I see, Deborah, you keep shaking <laughs> your head here uh, vigorously, um, and your, your background is in finance. Uh, ha- have you looked at any of the potential uh, override costs that might come up from uh, the, these gaps in the geologic uh, studies? Not so much from the gaps in the geologic study, but from uh, definitely from the, the program itself. Um, which has really grown in cost 344% from when they started. So um, it started at uh, $25 million, uh, back in 2015 and 2017, grew to about 50 59 in 2021, and is now sitting at $93 million, uh, per their audited report as of 6.30. And that's six months old. So as of uh, June 30th or, June 30th, or 6.30 this yeah, morning. Yeah, no, <laughs> June 30th. And, you know, one of the things that, that we have been requesting or, or starting to request are updated forecasts, because I think what's really critically important, not so much for Oceano, remember, because they've opted out, but for the other cities that are paying uh, for this, um, both with the grant funding and then their matches, is an expensive project. And if it continues to grow then those costs will be borne by, by the taxpayer. So I think it's really important to you know, have CCB continually update those forecasts where they are running over with, with good transparency so that better decision-making can be made and, and alternatives looked at if, if that's feasible. Well, here's a financial question for you, Deborah, because um, the, there's a lot of grant funding here. And we had the manager of the Central Coast Blue Water Recycling Authority on, and 
he said that there was a 50% match in state and federal funding for what these three cities are going to be spending. But, of course, I don't know if that was based on the original estimates or if uh, every time the project size or cost grows, the state and feds kick in more money to match 50% of what the cities are putting in. Do you know the answer to well, that question? My understanding is as it, as it increases, they continue to get grant funds, and it probably depends on the grant and how much that grant um, allows for the match versus um, their grant funds. So I think it could, it could vary. Um, what I do know is that they're continuing to look for grant funding. Um, so as it grows, I think we can we can probably um, expect that you know the the search for grant funds will continue. Well, and as I understand it, this ninety million dollar project now plus is only recycling and injecting the water from Pismo Beach, uh, essentially uh, benefiting Pismo Beach um, some way. Uh, it, and not actually benefiting Grover Beach or uh, Arroyo Grande, other than uh, perhaps it prevents seawater from intruding. Um, is that is that wrong? Well, the yeah, the main you know the main purpose as you look at this project really is additional water, as additional water source. Um, yeah. It is wrapped in that um, package of seawater. Um, intrusion protection. Okay. And so you can look at it that the the JPA members, which are Pismo Beach, Grover, and AG, all share in both the revenue or the I call it revenue the the water rights I'll call it an allocation and also the cost. So they have an allocation agreement. It's thirty nine percent Pismo, twenty five percent AG, and thirty six percent Grover Beach. And that's the allocation of the water from the wells upland from where the injections occur. Correct, and the and the cost. So okay. it's yeah. It, okay. My understanding that is that it's both the right and then the cost okay. that's associated with it. Well, then that's that's better than I thought it was um, mm-hmm. for the for those other cities. Well, we're coming up pretty soon on a hard break, folks. We're going to have news, and you're going to want to listen to the news. But be sure and stay tuned and come back, and we're going to have more discussion with Victor and Deborah Early and former Grover Beach Mayor Debbie Peterson about the Central Coast Blue Water Recycling Authority and recall happening in the city of Grover Beach. Stay tuned after the news. Only at KNews FM 98.5. 